interviews and why I really wanted to uh, you know, get some more inside, in-depth information on some of these teams, particularly after the early signing period. So we're going to start things off with Keith Alsap, host of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I think uh, South Carolina fans, of course, in particular, really going to enjoy this one. Hey, well, we're pleased to once again be joined by Keith Alsap, the outstanding host of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Got to give him a follow at K Alsap on the Twitter machine. He's the go-to source here for South Carolina Gamecock podcast updates. Keith, I really appreciate you joining the show once again. Hey, always happy to jump on with you. Happy holidays and uh, more officially, Merry Christmas to everybody listening. It was Christmas for for South Carolina football early this week, uh, (laughs) as well as for Texas A&M and Alabama and Georgia and, you know, a lot of other schools around the country, and it's getting ready to be bowl season. Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, the Gamecocks really – they started the party a little early uh, because on Monday evening they sent the social media a buzz with the addition of former Oklahoma quarterback Spencer Rattler and former Oklahoma tight end Austin Stogner. But let me ask you about Rattler first because we all focus on the quarterback. We give him too much praise and too much blame. But how big is this for Shane Beamer and his uh, South Carolina program that, I mean, my God, they went from starting a coach, starting an FCS quarterback to maybe, uh, you know, a, a first round NFL draft pick here in a couple of years with Spencer Rattler. So just how big is this for the Gamecocks? Well, Michael, I just think it's astronomically big for Shane Beamer. I mean, if you go back to early September, he was the Heisman front runner. He was coming off a season at Oklahoma, which he threw for 3000 yards, 28 touchdowns, seven interceptions led them the big 12 uh, championship and you know they boat raced uh old danny kicks uh quitters <laughs> down there in uh, gainesville in the bowl game mm-hmm. and uh you know he was the heisman favorite coming into the season i mean he still completed over a 70 almost 75 percent of his passes for 1400 yards 11 touchdowns and five interceptions and you know he got benched and uh you know south carolina was really pursuing max johnson and his brother jake johnson but beamer had the relationship with austin stogner who was an nfl tight end let's don't let him get lost in this but i think getting a guy like spencer rattler right like he's not coming to south carolina to win six games next year I think he gives you instant credibility in the transfer portal to be able to attract a couple of big-time wide receivers that, you know, no offense to Jason Brown or Luke Doty, uh, it's just not the same buzz as having a chance to come in and catch passes from a guy like that. Yeah, and that's how I try to, you know, I've been kind of breaking it down I've seen, you know, plenty of criticism. This guy, you know, he got got benched at Oklahoma, didn't work out for whatever reason. Uh, But, you know, that's not the story to me. The story is 
you have just monumentally upgraded at the game's most important position and you did it overnight he's going to be in there for spring he's going to be in there obviously for fall they'll be good to go with uh you know that was the hottest topic all off season who's south carolina going to have a quarterback we got some talented guys but they never played this is a guy that you said is a championship uh quarterback led his team to the big 12 championship he's faced sec defenses he knows what it's about and I think that's how you got to judge it. You got to judge it by what you had, not uh, not necessarily what went wrong. And I can't think of any way this is bad for South Carolina. And and I think this legitimately, probably my favorite thing, you know, in years past, a guy like Shane Beamer, you'd have to say, well, you know, we can't judge him until year three, year four, till we see him he's get his players in there and they're more mature. Now with the transfer portal, this is the beauty of it. You automatically upgrade to a guy that right now, I know they got almost a year to get him ready, but if they were going to go take the field tomorrow, they got confidence in their signal caller, and they just didn't have that all of last year, which which is just huge. Yeah, I mean, you've got an accomplished guy who does not lack for confidence, okay? I think he got humbled this season from my understanding, uh, even in the portal you know, that was a little bit of a humbling experience. I think he, you know, maybe he did want to go back closer to home and all of a sudden Arizona State's quarterback decides I'm coming back and UCLA, you know, takes Gabriel from UCF, which, I mean, that guy's a good fit for Chip, Chip Kelly. Mm-hmm. But I think this – Give South Carolina's offense, which, by the way, finished 116th in the country, okay, a much-needed shot in the arm. And, you know, it set the program with a lot of buzz. You know, speaking to sources inside the program, their phones were blowing up, you know, with 2023 recruits, guys in the portal instantly being drawn now more to South Carolina because that's just a game changer. I mean, I, I joked on my podcast that, you know, if, if you kind of felt the ground moving in the Carolinas and Georgia and Tennessee and Florida, that was a seismic shift in the SEC East because I don't think anybody has a quarterback like Spencer Rattler coming back in the SEC East. I mean, Florida, I mean, Billy Napier's got a big rebuild, partly out of his own choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I do like Anthony Richardson, and certainly you got to like Hendon Hooker coming back at Tennessee. But Spencer Rattler, you know, statistically and on paper, is probably the top quarterback in the SEC East. And I think he's going to be a huge draw for South Carolina in the transfer portal over the next six months. Now, they may not be done adding Oklahoma players. That's what I really wanted to ask you about because all I hear from Gamecock fans right now is uh, this guy. I hope I'm saying his name right, Theo Weiss, the uh, the former five-star. He's been at uh, Oklahoma. He's in the portal now, 530 yards receiving, four touchdowns last season. You hearing anything that uh, the Gamecocks maybe have any buzz with him now that they've added two of his former teammates? I mean, you hear a lot of things, and and Weiss was in the portal, but I think his family situation uh, is going to lend to him staying closer to home. And look, why wouldn't you just 
now that you know you got Brent Venables, but more importantly, you got Jeff Lebby. Okay, why wouldn't you want to catch passes from Caleb Williams in his offense mm-hmm. next year? And so I'm kind of expecting him to stay at Oklahoma. Uh, but I do think that, you know, there certainly are going to be a lot more guys in the portal after bowl games. Uh, there is going to be frantic probably from, you know, January 2nd until guys can enroll for that spring semester, whenever that is in January for your school. And then there'll be more guys in the portal that you can bring in in the summertime. So I think, you know, buckle up really for everybody because this transfer portal thing is changing college football. That's why you're not going to get four or five years now. Mm-hmm. You're going to get two, maybe three seasons at the most. And if you hadn't turned it, they're getting somebody else because the transfer portal has really changed the game. Now, I apologize if I missed it. I, was, I just got back from vacation, as you know, but uh, Josh Van, is he coming back? And, and does uh, Spencer Rattler, I got to assume with getting him, now all of a sudden uh, South Carolina coming back is a lot more attractive to Josh Van. All indications are Josh Van is coming back next year. I also think in the spring you'll see Jaheim Bell transition to being a full-time wide receiver Uh, that gives you two guys uh amari and brown i thought was completely underutilized at south carolina you've got xavier leggett who made a couple of big catches uh this year omega blake is a very talented kid as a former high school quarterback and defensive back and wide receiver that they redshirted Outside of those guys, though, I think it's wide open at wide receiver. Uh, Landon Sampson is a signee who's coming in from Dallas South Lake Carroll, who's a very polished receiver, 6'1", 180 pounds, legitimate sub-4.5 speed, and a guy with really good hands. He's an early enrollee. I think he's got a chance to really come in and help the program, Uh, but then I think you know, South Carolina only signed one other wide receiver who plays eight-man football and is very raw, mm-hmm. high upside, but probably not ready to play. And I think you're really going to see South Carolina focus on trying to bring in at least two portal wide receivers. Now, the other big question there in Columbia that I'm getting peppered with, and I thought this guy was as good as gone, but it's been a while. Uh, we just had the recruiting cycle, obviously, and now we've got uh, – we just added a quarterback and a tight end, and I got a figure that Marcus Satterfield was big – heavily involved in that. I mean, you're not going to get a quarterback without the uh, coordinator, you know, meeting with him and talking about the offense. So uh, do you expect at this point Marcus Satterfield to return and, and maybe even Greg Atkins? Let me ask you that. Either one coming or going, and, you know, is it, really, is it fair to judge Satterfield given the fact that uh, – you know, the, the quarterback play was was not that great and the offensive line play not that great. I don't care if you had Joe Brady last year. If you don't got a quarterback, you don't have an offensive line, and you're lacking receivers. I mean, I've hit all the boxes here. Uh, it's tough to grade an offensive coordinator, in my opinion, based on all, all the issues that South Carolina had. I mean, there certainly were issues, but, Mike, South Carolina returned four starters uh, and two other guys who had started some games. 
uh, off an offensive line where Kevin Harris led the SEC in rushing. Uh, I think the scheme was completely different and very complex. Uh, Greg Atkins has is, is, uh, had some health issues. He's had some personal family issues. And I just have to think with Spencer Rattler coming in, I mean, Shane Beamer was asked that question uh, on Wednesday during his National Signing Day press conference, and I thought he totally deflected and didn't mention Marcus Satterfield's name one time. Hmm. I mean, he's playing this thing very close to the vest. I personally think that Marcus Satterfield will probably look to move back to the NFL. I think Greg Atkins, you know, may not be healthy enough uh, to return to full-time coaching. And so I do expect after the bowl game uh, for Shane Beamer to make a couple of changes on that offensive staff. Hmm, interesting. Now, we've got to hit on the, the class here. Very interesting class. I know they've got several more spots to fill, but, you know, we're talking went heavy on defense, defensive backs, linebackers, defensive linemen. Those are their, the key positions they filled. Yet on offense, like you said, they only added a couple receivers, a couple offensive linemen, and a quarterback. So you kind of already hit on the receivers. Is there any other position or position or two that you'd really like to see the Gamecocks add, either via uh, the high school recruiting or via the transfer portal heading into the spring? I think, you know, offensive tackles – when they go in the transfer portal, those guys are like seven footers were 20 years ago, right? <laughs> like, you know, if, if South Carolina is going to recruit them, so is Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Southern Cal, Penn State, Ohio State, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Clemson, I, I think it's going to be difficult. I do think they would like to add an offensive tackle that could come in and play. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Kevin Harris is probably going to the NFL along with Zaquandre White after the bowl game. So I think South Carolina would probably look at a portal running back. And then I still think they would take uh, an edge rusher, a linebacker, or, you know, they're not going to turn down a great player at any position uh, that's experienced. Uh, So... I think those are are really the key positions for me would be linebacker, inside linebacker, edge rusher, uh, running back, uh, wide receiver. I think those are really the positions. And quite frankly, if you could find another really good high school quarterback out there because Jason Brown is leaving, Luke Doty's got a foot injury, Mm-hmm. Uh, Braden Davis, a kid that they did sign out of Delaware, the son of uh, Anton Davis, a guy I'm sure you probably know well from his days at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Um, he's much more of a developmental guy. High upside, but raw, 6'5", 195. Going to be really good, but he's probably not going to be ready to help you for a couple of years. So I think, you know, the expectation, Spencer Rattler's probably thinking, hey, I want to go to South Carolina, light it up, and be a first-round pick uh, in the 2022, nope, 2023 NFL draft. (laughs) 
Now, yeah. let me let me ask you because this was a bit this was a big topic not only in Colombia obviously but uh, in the SEC during the early the first day of the early signing period. But what do you make of this day of Jayshad Barham drama where if you missed the story he committed to South Carolina I believe on a Saturday and then here on Wednesday on the signing day uh, does a 180 goes to Maryland and then Shane Beamer to his credit comes out and says. I got tipped off. This was going to happen. And, and I, you know, it was pretty wild. And then Barham's here trolling South Carolina and, and Maryland's putting out the video content. What'd you make of all that, uh, all that shenanigans? Can I say a four letter word on your show? Absolutely. Totally uncensored here. It was a total shit show. <laughs> yeah. And I really feel bad for the kid because clearly the adults in his life you know, if that was the case and they were still the parents, the family were still telling Shane Beamer at 11 PM on the night before signing day, he was coming to South Carolina and evidently this whole thing was orchestrated. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel bad for the kid because, you know, he's 17 years old. Uh, the kids change their mind. Sure. But if this whole thing's been orchestrated from the beginning, and then Mike Loxley, everybody knows that guy's a ruthless recruiter, but I just have no respect left for him. Uh, just the public trolling, the videos, the tweets. I just thought it was like summer vacation, no class. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, you may be losing a talented kid, but, uh, you know, I think Beamer danced around this, but I'll just say it. I mean, I think you're better off without – this type of character into your program, even if I don't care if he's a five-star, I, I don't know if, I don't know if it helps you, you know? Uh, but speaking of the, the ones that South Carolina actually got, if you had to pinpoint one or two signees that you think will make the biggest impact next season, uh, aside from obviously the, the transfer from Oklahoma, uh, who do you think that player or players will be for the Gamecocks? Well, I think I'm going to go down to uh, Miami central high school anthony rose is a kid he was actually the first commitment to south carolina way back in i think february or march uh, of this year then he decommitted then he came to summer camp and just fell in love with the place his family came up and he wound up committing again he's 6'3 or 6'4, 190 pounds. He's sub 4'5 in the 40s. Got long arms. He's one of those South Florida DBs that's got the swagger. I think he can make an immediate impact. He's an early enrollee. And then I think Landon Sampson from Dallas South Lake Carroll, simply because it is a position of need. And he's got such a high ceiling playing at a big-time high school program for Riley Dodge, who was a receiver for Mike Leach at Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. uh, I think he's, you know, you just add water and stir, and he's ready to go. I think the most in, two intriguing guys, one is an early enrollee named DeAndre Martin, from Durham, North Carolina, he flipped from Virginia Tech. He's 6'5", 290 pounds. But three years ago, or two years ago, he was a 6'3", 210-pound wide receiver. 
And uh, he came into the last day of summer camp. They had the O-line, D-line camp at the end of July. And nobody knew who this guy was. And he had only been playing defensive line for about a month. And he's just a freakish type of athlete. And I think down the road, he's really intriguing to me. And then a guy locally out of Irmo named Nick Emanwari, Six three and a half, two hundred and ten pounds. Safety, linebacker, cornerback, uh, a tackling machine. Had over two hundred and thirty tackles as a senior in high school. A lot of comparisons to him in high school to Isaiah Simmons, simply because they're about the same size. They both could do it all. And he could be a positionless guy because Shane Beamer said they got three coaches that are fighting over him, Torian Gray in the <laughs> secondary, Clayton White at linebacker, and even Mike Peterson uh, as the you know outside linebackers uh, Bucks coach. Mm-hmm. All right, great stuff, Keith. One final question for you. I really appreciate all your time. We still got a bowl game here, and it's the Dukes-Mayo Bowl against North Carolina. That's a – uh, a series that uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, they've been going back and forth for several years here. The game's on uh, Thursday, December 30th. I believe the Tar Heels currently a, a seven-point favorite. What are your thoughts on this matchup? And, uh, you know, can the Gamecocks pull a surprise here and, and, and pull off the upset? Well, I mean, you just never know in bowl games. I mean, I'll say this. You know, it hurts South Carolina that J.J. Enigbare has opted out. Mm-hmm. It hurts that Zaquandre White opted out. I thought he was the offensive MVP of the team. And then Jason Brown kind of got his feelings hurt when Spencer Rattler transferred in. He's in the transfer portal. And so Sam Howell, who's going to be a first-round pick, he's not opting out of the bowl right. game. You know, North Carolina – you know, I, I would have never imagined Mac Brown could outdoor and Dave Doran in that North Carolina <laughs> NC State game. <laughs> I mean, they blew a 30 to 21 lead with two minutes and 12 seconds to go in that game. And uh, so that's kind of bizarre. Uh, I think, you know, North Carolina is the favorite, but again, in bowl games, I would have never imagined back in 2000, South Carolina would have, you know, beaten the pants off Ohio state, but they wanted to be there and Ohio state really didn't. And so Mm -hmm. I think it, you know, that's going to have a lot to do with it. Uh, But it's going to be an uphill battle for South Carolina facing Sam Howell and that offense which i believe can put up a lot of points because let's face it outside of you know playing the florida quitters this year uh they didn't put up a lot of points against anybody well if it helps i i believe shane beamer's already come out and said well they want to dump the mayo on me i'll for a win i'll do it so hey maybe that'll inspire the gamecocks to, to get up for this game and and have some fun there in the duke's mayo bowl but hey i really do appreciate you keith keith Allsap, give him a follow at K Alsep on the Twitter machine, host of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Keith, I really appreciate you uh, joining me and, and dropping so much knowledge here for the audience. Man, I really appreciate you. I mean, Michael, you're the dean of SEC podcasting. <laughs> Everybody knows you're the go-to guy, and uh, it's just an honor 
So uh, Merry Christmas to you and uh, is it Cousin Shane? Is that right? Yes, sir. Yep. Merry, Merry <laughs> Christmas to you guys. And uh, well, I just can't say go Vols, but. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate the sentiment. But uh, hey, Merry Christmas to you too, buddy. Thank you very, very much. And I uh, hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely. Anytime, Michael. Merry Christmas to you and uh, all the good folks that listen to that SEC podcast. All right. Just want to say thanks to my man, Keith, for joining the show, providing some insight there. Uh, Keith's been on the show a number of times. I've been on his show a number of times. He does an outstanding job. If you're not already listening to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, cannot recommend it enough. He has multiple guests each week. He does a heck of a job covering the South Carolina Gamecocks. So really appreciative of Keith for joining the show. 